Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, it's Friday. Sports Talk Mississippi. Wait, wait, wait. Just in case you didn't know that it's Friday, Rebecca Black would like to remind you. This song and then last Friday morning, Francis was like, Oh, listen to the Friday song. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I've never seen the video. What is this? You've never heard go, Rebecca Black here Friday? Here it is. Just, All right, yeah, his, his, his I, you out. have not heard of Rebecca Black's Friday, so it it, it went I, viral. I have heard of the song, but I don't. I have never heard it before. It went viral years ago. So this girl, I assume, with wealthy parents, got a professionally done music video of that song, and it is the cringiest thing that you have ever seen. And it has 164 million views. On YouTube, she's doing better than us. I mean, and little kids love it. Like, I mean, it's terrible, and the lyrics are awful, and the video is horrible and awkward. And she's loaded now. She is good for her. It's the American dream. I know, right? There is so much going on on a Friday. On this Friday, Friday, got to get down on this Friday. Um. There's more to get to today than there was on some football Fridays in the fall. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. There are six playoff games in the NFL this weekend, and you can get in the action on every single one of them, again, at the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino, part of Pearl River Resort. You want to be a part of the conversation? Hope you'll join us on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from ceasefire business online, ceasefire.com slash business. Hey, Dad, you were at a press conference today in which was there a surprise announcement or was it what we thought it was going to be? <laughs> I was I was so hoping Dr. Keenan would get up there and be like, we're expanding the soccer field or something. I, I didn't know where he would go. And, hey, the soccer he program's doing to... well, though. Maybe they need a nice little yeah. renovation NCAA there. tournament the last year, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but that being said, no, it was exactly what we, we thought it was going to be. Uh, Zach Selman has been named as the new athletic director here at Mississippi State. Uh, very cool, right? I mean, uh, this is a big day. Borky and I were, were talking this morning, uh, even before you jumped on the call. You were a little late, but that's okay. We're not mad at you. And Borky was like, all right, we got the, uh, the AD announcement. I was like, yeah, but this is a big deal, right? When, it, when it's your school, the guy that's in charge of the department, that's a big deal. And Zach Selman is young, beautiful family. You know, making the transition from a place that is near and dear to his heart, where I mean, the the feels like there's crimson blood coursing through his veins. Um, maybe for many of us, but especially for him, uh, family members. I hope that that's what color Americans. mine is. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I would prefer it to be that. Yeah, yeah. But sorry, well, thought I, I was making it funny there. I, I watched it, and you know, introductory introductory press conferences mean basically nothing. But he was impressive, and and I got a good kick out of something. So after uh, his opening statement, which of course was good, uh, he was asked about nil and talked about how that was priority one. And I got a little laugh, and I thought. That's got to be refreshing for state fans because the, the guy he's replacing thought baseball was the first place that NIL should go. And I feel like this guy doesn't agree with that, that sentiment. That's a, uh, yeah, that's a good that's, point. Uh, that's a, uh, a, a true statement as well, uh, Borky, on both counts. Um, yeah, hey, Dad, are we going to be nice to each uh, other today or have we got, are we doing zingers today? I mean, I got one teed up. I just don't think I really feel like we should go to, like, like just, let's just have fun on a Friday. Let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. I want you to be, be honest, too. Yeah. Is it a good one? Come on. I kind of think so. Come yeah, on, Mississippi man. State fans are probably excited about Zach Selman being named the, the new athletics director at Mississippi State. Fan, at Mississippi State. Uh-huh. Well, Miss fans have got to be ecstatic. Mississippi State just hired a guy who was overseeing a department that just lost a national championship to Ole Miss. I'd be thrilled with this guy. He's already proven that he's the right guy for the job if you're an Ole Miss fan. That is a quality zinger. I won't lie. That's a good one. You did good. And especially, you know, he's replacing a guy undefeated in Egg Bowls as an athletic director in Bracky Brett. So, I mean, we're going (laughs) backwards here. Big shoes to fill. Big hey, shoes to but fill. I saw you tweet about it. Didn't mention Ole Miss. Massive upset. Did not give the Dr. Keenum said it was important to beat Ole Miss so, statement. So I was shocked. State fans Absolutely tell me shocked. that this is, uh, I think, this way because I don't understand it. If I'm a state fan and I watch that entire press conference where he did not talk about Ole Miss, that to me would be refreshing. If you're the leader of the yeah. department, you have to and have. He did. He was asked about the egg ball. Sure. So, I mean, he didn't have but, any choice but to. But talked about respect, which I was just like, what? Respect? Are, are you kidding me? Get out of here with that. But that said, I, as impressive as, as an opening press conference. Hey, yeah, hey, Dad, I mean, yeah. It was, yeah. it was sartorial splendor for your new AD as well. A, a nice, trim-fitting suit with a, a maroon tie, yeah. starched, stiffly starched white. Missing a pocket square. Not sure what that's all about, but that's okay. I'm going to hold well, that I against mean, him. That's the cross look. No, no, no. I mean, some people do and some people don't. It's either your thing or it's not. Yeah. So if it's not his thing, don't don't push it. Um, right. I, I, I kid, man. Look, 
Jokes aside, if we can set the jokes aside just for a second. Yeah. There is a there is a level of wait and see because he hasn't done it before. That and 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 I right. think that's a completely fair statement. Right. This feels like Mississippi State hit an absolute grand slam with this hire. And that I'm being as sincere and as honest as I can yeah. be. Young, energetic, charismatic, going to immediately focus on the things that are most important in college athletics right now, which is college football and NIL first. Going to engage the fan base, going to do everything he can to build relationships with donors to try and raise money. A lot of excitement, a lot of enthusiasm. I mean, I, I think absolutely nailed it on this hire. He ticks a lot of boxes on the on the Brian Haydad checklist of what I would have looked for in, in an athletic director. And, and most importantly to me is the idea of new ideas and new blood in the, in this athletic department. I mean, it's just been so long since MSU didn't hire from within uh, to, to fill that role. And now you've got somebody who can come in and give you a fresh perspective on, on the whole thing. So, well, so obviously, you know, it's, it's, you got to see how it goes. He's back in Norman as we speak. That's why he's not on with us right now. Uh, he had to go back and, and finish up some work there, and then he'll be back in Starkville, I guess, next week. And uh, we will have him on this show uh, at some point next week. We have been uh, uh, we have been taking care of that. Great. Um, and so, yeah, now the, the it's I now you know, it's interesting. Borky said, "I texted you that." He's just saying today. great, though. I was just he, saying he's just great. saying great. Okay. I, you, you I was said, affirming to the audience that that's a good thing. No, I thought you were saying that like Cross. you were surprised. Like, really? That, that's crazy. Cross is like, no. I told you that. This show's about me. Damn it. Uh, that's not what I meant at all. I was like, hey, here we go. Borky's back to not reading his text messages. Yes. Yes. Good to know. I read them. Yeah. I, I had Long a busy story day short. today, all right? I had to do a lot of stuff that came up unexpectedly today. So I was kind of all, right. all over the place. I had people texting me about Pete Golding, and and, and I just I, I had a lot. Who? So, oh, well, that's right. Mike Jones. Uh, Mike Jones? Uh, yeah. So anyway, Zach Selman, I'm impressed. We'll see how it goes. Most best part of the day for me was speaking to him afterwards. Uh, we we learned that his daughter, his, his oldest, his youngest daughter's uh, nickname is Meatball. Ooh. And when I introduced myself to him, Robbie Falk was standing right there. He's like, "Hey, Dad, got, he got upset. He thought his nickname was Meatball." <laughs> and Selman laughed pretty hard. So I thought that was a good start uh, to our relationship. That's, Robbie, uh, that's not very nice. That's uh, that's good stuff. Uh, we, we'll let you, <laughs> you got hear me. You got some me. of what Zach Selman said in his press conference coming up a little bit uh, a little bit later this afternoon. Time to get to uh, new defensive coordinator at Ole Miss. Mississippi State announces a new athletics director today. Um, and playoffs. NFL playoffs. playoffs happening starting tomorrow. Really good weekend of NFL football. Bruce Marshall coming up. Food Friday. And one of the more interesting stories that I've ever read at The Athletic, a timeline of the Jaden Rashada saga, and it is revealing. Yeah. We'll be back. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry. Poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. 
Supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Sports Talk brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Also, you can find Genteel in specialty men's clothing stores all across the state of Mississippi, including uh, Kincaid's in Jackson, Willander, and also Landry's on the square in Oxford. So we mentioned a second ago, and uh, some of you are texting us about this as well, Ole Miss hiring Pete Golding as its uh, defensive coordinator. And I, I don't know that the Ole Miss website has put the story up yet. <laughs> I don't know if we're having to do the officially, officially, official no, thing. I mean, Chris Lowe. Yeah. Look, yeah. Pete, Pete Golding has been hired to be the D.C. at Ole Miss. And I think this is a big deal, right? I mean, Chris Partridge is a guy that was fairly highly thought of as kind of a young up-and-comer. He was co-defensive coordinator. Um, two seasons ago, he was the defensive coordinator, and I guess technically still co this year because Maurice Crum had the co-defensive coordinator title as well. But Pete Golding has been Nick Saban's defensive coordinator at Alabama, and even five though, years. yeah, even though he has been the target of criticism from Alabama fans at times, this is the guy that Nick Saban kept on staff. Over and over, even when fans are like, "Oh, you got to make a change at defensive coordinator," he was it was Nick Saban's guy on that side of the ball, and you never really know what's completely going on behind the scenes. Had Nick Saban told Pete Golding, "Hey, it would be good for you to find uh, another job," or did Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin just pull a coup and go and convince Pete Golding? to come back to a state where he's familiar, played his college football at Delta State, was a graduate assistant at Delta State, an assistant coach at Delta State, moved on and and had success as a young defensive coordinator. He's been on Nick Saban's staff for a while now, and and five years now as the defensive coordinator. It's a guy who's got a good reputation from as a recruiter. And, Borky, you said a second ago, five straight years with top ten defenses nationally. Yeah, um, and... Generally, is in the top ten in most statistical categories. Whether you want to do S and P plus or whatever, um, you know, whatever you want to fit your narrative, I suppose. In the S and P plus, uh, they finished in the top ten all but one year, and that one year was eleven. Um, this year, they're in the top ten in like points per possession, yards per play, all, all those kind of things. Uh, he's had relative to the rest of college football, good defenses uh, for five years. And yeah, I've, I've been talking to people about this all day, and the thing that I find interesting is the Alabama hatred of him paired with the Ole Miss fans' excitement of him and where the truth is. So Alabama fans hate the guy, but again, in the S&P Plus, four of the five years they've been in the top ten, and the one year they weren't was 11. Those are objectively good Defenses and Nick Saban generally does not keep a guy on his staff as a coordinator for five years if he thinks that he is not only competent and capable, but really good at recruiting as well. So Alabama fans are a bit spoiled with with him and what he's done there. 
But, as a lot of people have pointed out, and they're right, he won't have Alabama players at Ole Miss in a Nick Saban coached program at Ole Miss. But it's well, he's not got like, one coming in. Yeah, he does. Uh, but but it's not like he's going from coaching Alabama players to Furman players and hoping he can get them to win in the SEC. Ole Miss is a step down from Alabama in talent for sure, but they've got some. And so when you look at his experience, his his pedigree, how could you not think that this would be an upgrade over what you had? How big of an upgrade? We'll see. And he's not going to give you five consecutive years of top 10 defenses. But can he give you top 30? Because if you can get top 30 defenses, you're going to win a lot of football games. Ole Miss hadn't had a top 50 defense since 2015. And they've won a lot of football games at periods of time since then. Yeah. So can you be consistently good defensively? I'm not saying that he's going to come to Ole Miss and be elite because nobody should expect that. But can he come in and be good and capable and competent and consistent? Because if that answer is yes, it's a no-brainer, absolute, no doubt. You make this decision 100 times out of 100 and see how high he can take you. But I certainly think that he elevates the floor. You know, you want to talk about opposite Great text from Jeff. Okay. We got a great text from Jeff. Somebody owes Borky $1,000. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, does. But, but that, that guy yesterday said, no, I wouldn't actually make that bet after Borky was ready to claim it. Lame. Lame. So, so opposite ends of the spectrum on the ceasefire text line. Dale of the Delta says, feels like Saban told Pete to look around. Ole Miss may have gotten worse on defensive coordinator. He struggled with the best talent in the nation. And then on the flip side, Tell Richard to stop with the, we don't know if Saban told him to go. Jeez, nobody's been calling for him to go. Everybody's been calling for O'Brien to go. Oh, All I true. said to you was, we don't know what happened behind the scenes. But by any objective measure, this is a good hire and a coup for Lane, Lane Kiffin. Pete Golding was not fired at Alabama. Ole Miss just hired Alabama's defensive coordinator. What happened behind the scenes? I don't know. Did he want to get out? Did he want to get closer to home? Did he want to get closer to his wife's home? Was he ready for a new start? Did he want more autonomy on that side of the ball? Had Nick Saban told him, if you don't go find another job, I'm going to fire you? I I don't know the answer to any of those questions. What I know, though, is what Michael Borky just said. That for five straight years, he's coached a top ten nationally defense, a top ten defense nationally. We get a message on, on the text line that says, Pete Golding's defenses have ranked in conference going back to when he arrived at 2016 uh, at UTSA. Third, first, third, third, first, third, second. That's good. It's a guy that knows his way around a defensive staff room. So and somebody let me says ask that I'm toting that... the water by saying that it's a good high. I mean, what, what are we doing? You're a water toter. Let me ask you this, because I know Borky, you know, when we talk about Kiffin and Levy and Weiss and whatever, you know, being Lane Kiffin's offensive coordinator, what does it really mean? What does it really mean being Nick Saban's defensive coordinator? It's a good question, and, and that's that's something that we will learn. Um, it means, for one thing, you are under a flipping microscope. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that it means. Right? No yeah, doubt. No, no, for sure, for sure. Which is interesting uh, when you consider... 
what it's going to be like for him at Ole Miss. He will not be under a microscope from his head I mean, coach. What's the, the opposite way. of a microscope? It uh, it won't be like that. Hey, people, Binoculars are just t- far t- away. That would be a telescope. That would yeah. be the opposite of a microscope. Yeah, a telescope, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's kind of it's fascinating to me when people say, like, we've got one get The, the guy that's calling uh, you, probably me, to a water toter says, top ten defense is at Alabama. Ole Miss defensively 2021 definitely got better in the second half of the season for sure. They did. But they were, what, 66th nationally in scoring in S&P Plus. They weren't particularly good either. They had on that defense two NFL linebackers, a rookie that has been phenomenal in the NFL at defensive end, opposite Cedric Johnson, who most people think is going to play in the NFL, and a secondary with multiple NFL players on it. And they weren't good. So when you say that, well, he's only doing it because he's at Alabama... You've seen Ole Miss teams with good players not perform well. Mm -hmm. That's what I keep going back to that. I said it a second ago, but he's not coaching Furman players in the SEC. Ole Miss doesn't recruit like Alabama, but they get good players. You're not asking this guy to come in and be the number one defense in college football. You're asking him to be competent and consistent, which they have not been since 2015 on defense. That's all. That's what the expectation should be. And they are completely realistic when you consider his pedigree and what he's done, yes, with better players. Yes. Let me tie two text messages together because this is uh, this is kind of a fascinating, um, I don't know, two sides, whatever. Is Golding really that good or do all those four and five stars make him look good? <laughs> Maybe the answer is yes. And then you got James in Hattiesburg who says, he was good at UTSA, then what he did at Alabama is less important to me than what he did there. And maybe there's something to that, right? I mean, there, there, there's a track record of success regardless of the level at which he's coaching. I think I think if you're an Ole Miss fan, you've got reason to be excited. I mean, do you have reason to like run out and buy tickets for Houston next year where the national championship's going to be? I don't know about that. But I think you have reason to be excited because you added a good recruiter and a good coach. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. or intended to mention earlier when we were talking about Zach Selman being named the new athletics director at Mississippi State. Uh, this brings an end to a uh, about a two-and-a-half-month run for interim athletics director Bracky Brett. And if you know Bracky Brett at all, you know that he's a good man. Uh, loves Mississippi State, has worked at Mississippi State since 2002, so he's you know a little over 20 years in the department, uh, is respected by his colleagues, is respected by his peers at other institutions, just an all-around good guy. And sometimes being the interim is difficult, but sometimes if you're extremely comfortable with who you are and where you are, 
It doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't have to be uncomfortable. And by all accounts, the job that Bracky did, kind of ushering Mississippi State through what was a difficult two and a half months. Right? I mean, he is the interim athletics director as Mississippi State has a football coach that passes away and goes to a bowl game and has the kind of start of basketball season happening. Just a lot going on at Mississippi State over the last couple of months. And... Um, I, I have not talked to anyone who didn't think that, you know, for for whatever that job entails, that didn't think that Bracky did absolutely as good a job as possibly could be done given those circumstances. And so, hey, Dan, I, I think you would echo us tipping our cap to, to Bracky Brett, who I, I'll kind of finish where I started. A, a, a good man who is a, a family man. He's got a couple of children, some grandkids, uh, and has a very deep affection for Mississippi State and its athletics programs, uh, did everything that Mark Keenum asked him to do, and uh, will forever have on his resume that he served as the athletics director, regardless of the length of time, at his alma mater, Mississippi State, which is kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, a guy who had to kind of be a steadying influence through through a time of transition and then a time of tragedy, I mean, for an interim athletic director, a lot was put on his plate over the uh, the past few months, and he, he you know guided Mississippi State through that with with class. I hate that word, but it's it's the it's the correct word to use. Oh, that's a good word, uh, for Bracky. Yeah, and, and 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 you know integrity, and and just you know got it done. And now, my guess is he will happily go back to to less responsibility and more time for fishing. If I had to guess, yeah. Well, hope uh, hope it's a good spring for him with a uh, with a fishing pole in his hand. Uh, certainly should be proud of the job that he did. Uh, I saw a tweet from his daughter earlier. Uh, she was talking about how um, how proud she was of the the job that he did. And uh, wish Bracky nothing but the best. I, I don't know that. I, I'm not saying that like he's going anywhere. You know, wish him all the best going forward as he continues to uh, to work at Mississippi State in the athletics department and. Job well done, because you're right. There was a, a lot that was on his plate in a uh, in a relatively short period of time. Ceasefire text line is open at 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Um, Borky, uh, this comes to us a second ago. Austin Armstrong is a candidate for a job at Alabama? Is that right? Uh, that's that's what this is saying. It's funny. I was actually going to Borky's favorite football scoop, it appears. I'm uh, sorry. Hey, that's favorite. favorite football scoop. Um, They're back in the game. The Feldman and those guys mentioned a couple of names, one of which I, I heard last night, which cracked me up, honestly. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt. Possibly oh, replacing even... Pete Golding at Alabama, and I, I, I got a laugh out of that. I thought, you know, that probably needs to be resolved first before that could happen. But if anybody can pull that off, it's Nick Saban. Yeah. Also mentioned, of course, Jim Leonard, which is what most people think was going to happen after he didn't get the Wisconsin job. Um, possibly some NFL stuff with him there, so maybe that's that's a hold up, but. If this is happening, then then that that stinks for Southern Miss, though. Jeremy Pruitt uh, was a good defensive coordinator. He was 
not a great head coach, was not great at running the program, maybe overextended himself in, uh, in the recruiting process just a bit, perhaps overextended his spouse a little bit in the uh, recruiting process. Uh, <laughs> but um, she extended herself. She extended a line she, of credit. She was a willing participant. Yeah, sure. That's a ride or die, though, man. Find you a woman that will pay recruits illegally to, to help your job, you know? I mean, that's a ride or die woman right there. Jeremy that's found a, himself a good one. That is a calculated decision. Yeah, I respect that. Yeah. You got to help your man out. You got to help your woman out when, when need be. No doubt. Stand by your man. And she probably liked Chick fil A, so it was easy to go get some Chick fil A, put the money in the bag, bring it to the player. I mean, it's, you know. Everybody loves Chick-fil-A. What? There's so many directions. Um, it, it's hard just, to wrap your mind around all this, right? I mean, Should stay, we just go to the Sony Open leaderboard? No. Hayden I cannot Buckley stress enough well. how say, little Hayden we Buckley should do Buckley is in the lead right now at nine under par, if that does anything for you. Am I supposed to know who that is? Mississippi native Hayden Buckley. Yeah. Oh, well, good for him. Yeah. Um, there is one thing uh, worth pointing out, though, and and maybe we'll talk about this later if we have time. Uh, but it's it's key. It goes back to Keith Carter, and uh, people are are criticizing the the Kiffin contract. Haydad yesterday called it stupid. Um, no, 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 no. Embarrassing. 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 But you have, you have got to give Keith Carter credit for at least trying. I mean, Ole Miss athletics is all freaking in on football. And I've, I've only lived in this state. This will be year 13 for me. That has not always been the case. You have had people that have cut corners with hires and, and with investment financially and stuff like that. Keith Carter's not doing that. And maybe it's to the detriment. Maybe this Kiffin contract will bankrupt the school and be absolutely terrible. Maybe it will be. But but you've got Chris Partridge gone, and maybe he takes another job to offset it. But they're about to be paying a defensive coordinator uh, up towards $2 million a year. The, the financial commitment from the top of the school is indicating that they are trying to take a step up as a football program. And not everybody that has worked there, in my limited experience in the state compared to yours, has had that same mentality. No, and either hasn't had the resources or has not been willing to allocate the resources like is happening right now. I mean, think about this. You you got you get $55 million, give or take, $50 million, just call it that, in guaranteed money tied to Lane Kiffin, and you just guaranteed another $6 million to his defensive coordinator in Pete Golding. So, not not to mention that most of those other contracts for staff members are multi-year deals. There's a lot of money tied up in this coaching staff. Yeah, and that now, matters. Now, it does matter. So, hey, Dad, you're going to push back on this idea because you have before. If you are an Ole Miss fan, you are not wrong to expect top 10 results, top 15 results, 
Is that is that possible? Is that doable? Is it doable on a regular basis? We're going to have to wait and see. But Ole Miss, to Borky's point, Keith Carter, the Athletics Foundation, <clears throat> Boosters, have taken all of their chips and they pushed them into the middle of the table. They said, we want to play. We're willing to compete from a salary standpoint with the head coach and the staff. We want to compete on the NIL front to try and bring players in. And now it's that staff and those players' job to try to deliver results that are commensurate with the commitment that fans have made and the university has made and the administration has made. We're going to make ourselves, because we've had this for a couple of days and hadn't really talked about it. There's some quotes from Keith Carter from earlier this week talking about his head football coach, Lane Kiffin. And there's some eyebrow-raising quotes in there where, where he talks about, we're hoping that Lane Kiffin is fully embracing and buying in. I'm paraphrasing. Those are not the direct quotes. We'll read the direct quotes for you later on. Keith Carter is not wrong to say that. The, the commitment has to be a two-way street. It has to be. I don't think you're speaking out of line if you say that, and I don't think you're wrong if you think that. If on the university-slash-booster-slash-fan side, you say, we are all in, and you back that up with dollars and resources and support, then you expect for that commitment to be reciprocated. And it should be. And it hasn't been. And the question is, is that going to change going forward? Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Let's go. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. on this Friday afternoon on Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Bruce Marshall will join us all about half an hour from right now. Always enjoy our visits with Bruce as we get set for a uh, big college football weekend. Do you know what? You remember last year, this time of year, where Bruce was money? He would find, like, off-the-radar Friday night college basketball matchups in the MAC, like the MAAC. And be like, you know, I really like the under in the uh, matchup tonight between Siena and LIU Brooklyn, or something like that. I don't even know, by the way, if Siena and LIU Brooklyn are playing tonight. Don't immediately go look for that game. Uh, but uh, we'll ask Bruce if he's got one of those off-the-radar, can't-miss games tonight in college basketball, just in case you're looking to, uh, you know, ring the cash register. Doesn't always work. It's worth a shot. 
Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for uh, for being with us. We've got uh, we got NFL playoffs this weekend. We got college basketball this weekend. Hey, that Mississippi hey. State playing a little uh, little night game on the road in the jungle tomorrow night. Yeah. <clears throat> what is it now? Neville Arena, Auburn Arena. It is a hard Charles Barkley place to Arena. Play. It is. It is. I've only been there once, but it was a fantastic atmosphere and. Uh, it doesn't matter though if it, it, it could be the easiest place to play in the world, but if you're not going to hit more than forty percent of your free throws, I'm not going to feel good about your chances to win the game. You said Barkley Arena. Did I tell you what Shaq said? Charles Barkley Arena. Barkley, and no, so a few years ago, one of the coolest like career moments for me. I was doing an LSU game on a Saturday night, and they had Shaq there, and it was for the unveiling of the bronze Shaq statue outside the Maravich Assembly Center. Ah, okay. And Damian Fishback and I were doing the game, and Shaq sits down between the two of us, and you know, Fish obviously went to Auburn, and he goes, "Man, is Barkley going to be jealous that uh, that you got a statue?" And he doesn't. He's like, "I don't know if he's going to be jealous or not, but there's not enough bronze in the state of Alabama to make a statue that'll cover his butt." <laughs> The good-natured ripping between Shaq and Barkley is just next level. Man, and by the way, there is now a Barkley statue outside of Neville Arena. As there should be. Uh, yeah, no doubt. What was it, two weeks ago or last week uh, on their uh, on their TNT show? Um, Charles Barkley said the word, the other word for donkey. Uh-huh. And Shaq started laughing and said, Chuck, you can't say that. And Barkley said, what? I can't say donkey? <laughs> so he was he was picking on Barkley, saying that, and so he got him to say it like three more times on air because he was like, "Chuck, you can't say that." So I was like, "Yeah, I can." He was like, "No, you can't," just to get him to keep saying it. Say that word on air. I mean, I don't know, but and then, and then Charles was trying to justify. It. He was like, "Man, I'm talking about a donkey, man. He's a donkey, that kind of stuff." And just kept saying it over and over, and over again. Mm. <laughs> you say it like Dusty Rose Rhodes. And replace the e uh, the a with an e. You can say it all you want. I do it all the time on the podcast. Do you? Yeah. Do you need to bring that to this show? Do you want me to? Well, podcasts you, you aren't regulated say, by the FCC. Go, well, go get Will. You, see, if, see if we're okay to see that word. I don't know. But you know the you way you say it. Many unintentional young listeners to Thunder and Lightning is might exist. On Sports Talk Mississippi. You know, you'd be surprised. I get a lot of pictures from, from listeners. They're like, hey, I listen with my kids every day. Yeah, but that's I've met a lot of kids. That's listeners. intentional. That's not, you know, you, you've got dads, oh, or, I see grandpads, what you're or grandmas, grandmas in the car. That, that listen to Sports Talk Mississippi while picking their kids up from the school in the afternoons or perhaps shuttling them to and from. I, I had one mentioned to me one time. They're like, hey, just, just remember, sometimes you guys got young ears. I was like, okay, there you go. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget the. I mean, it's not like the Kirby Smart rant's going right. to get played. Yeah. No, no, it's not. But that that email I got when I didn't use foul language, but described my dog catching a robin out of the air. Well, story, now, you know, come on. And I we got can't it. be sensitive. I got an email that his his wife was so distraught by the story that they will not listen again <laughs> until he gets confirmation I've been terminated. Because I talked about how my Britney Spaniel cut a robin out of the air, and I thought it was awesome, but it was also sad. Because the you bird died. He, uh, you, you think he checks in from time to time to see if you've been terminated? He's still listening. He's out there right now. 
Just he can't tell his wife about it because she was so distraught that a bird dog caught a bird. Mm. Terrible. Did um, <laughs> I, I shared it with the bosses? They laughed. By the way, that was years ago. That was a long time ago, but they, they, they thought it was quite funny. So hey, when Lane Kiffin tweets a picture of a of a Texas A and M airplane that is a turboprop, I think it's a King Air. Is he trolling them about not traveling in a jet? Yes. Yes. <laughs> he, like, takes a picture of it. I mean, like, I'm surprised he didn't say, like, that's cute or something like that. Spend all your money on your signing class, huh? That's what you come up with. Sports Talk Mississippi. Four o'clock hour coming up. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi right here. On Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Otis wants you on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Let ceasefire help your business be the best that it can be with gigabit fiber internet from ceasefire business online ceasefire.com slash business. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Don't miss out on any of the live entertainment that is happening at Pearl River Resort. Check out the calendar for the events that are coming up at PearlRiverResort.com. NFL playoffs are here. We got games, we got times, we got lines. Doubleheader tomorrow. You have Seahawks 49ers in game one. That's 3.30 central time, 1.30 on the West Coast. 49ers coming in 13-4 and four on the year. Seahawks 9-8. and eight. Great story with Geno Smith. Threw for almost 4,300 yards and 30 touchdowns this year. The, the season began on a high note for him, and it just kept going. Yeah. He's played, played really well this year. Just objectively, just really good season from Geno on a team that was supposed to be bad, and, yeah. and they simply weren't. I'm loving the nine points. I don't know if they go in there and win, but that's a lot of points for that explosive offense going up against Brock Purdy and his first playoff action. I mean, I, I feel like people are underselling the Seahawks' ability uh, to go in there and win. And wild card underdogs have a phenomenal record against the spread. Phenomenal. I mean, this is a weekend of chaos, and I think we might get chaos in game one. I'm I'm not saying wrong team favored, but but I think Geno and Seattle can keep this one close. A little surprising to see only six touchdown catches for DK Metcalf this year on ninety receptions. Ninety receptions over a thousand yards, but only six TDs receiving, especially when his quarterback threw for thirty touchdowns this year. Well, a guy DK size, it's tough to find him in the red zone, you know. 
<laughs> Apparently. <laughs> as uh, as Wisconsin. Phil Longo, could, Phil Longo couldn't do it. Not, not, the, not the first time I've heard that. Uh, yeah. So that's your afternoon game. Should be a great environment, too, there in San Francisco. Well, Santa Clara. Oh, yeah, it should be outstanding. That's a, that's a great NFL uh, venue. Fans there are great. You being serious? Yeah. The 49ers? Niners yeah. fans are nuts. Oh, Niners no, fans are good I know fans. they are, but I'm sitting here thinking, do you know how cool it would be if this game were at Candlestick? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that would be cool if it was at a. It would be cool if it was in Seattle, too. I mean, that place is insane, but it'll still be a fantastic uh, atmosphere. Yeah, it'll be good. It it will absolutely be good. San Francisco, a nine point favorite total in that game is 42. Speaking of environments, hmm, tomorrow night. Duval. I don't understand this line at all. Chargers at Jags. And the Chargers are favored. They're favored because they've got the better quarterback. 4,739 yards this year through the air for Justin Herbert. He's good. He, he is good. I'm excited um, for that game. I, th- there's something about Jacksonville that's just drawn me in. you got a, a Super Bowl-winning coach that was rejected from his previous stop, wasn't good enough. Takes over for Urban Meyer's disaster, a place that has been talked about moving the team over and over and over and over again, and they started what three and seven. Now they're hosting a playoff game after winning their division. Hmm. It's going to be nuts, just an absolute madhouse yeah. there. Yeah, Doug Peterson's a good coach. He's a good. You know coach. what it's? You know what it's going to feel like? It's going to feel like a college football environment. Yeah. There, it's good. In a lot of ways, yeah. Jacksonville is a college football city. Florida just yeah. down the road. No, you got a ton is. of Georgia fans in, in that area. Obviously, they have the cocktail party there in, in Jacksonville in that state. That stadium is more famous for hosting Florida, Georgia, than it is for ho- being the home of the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And uh, it's going to feel like a college football environment tomorrow night uh, on NBC. at 7-15, Chargers favored, total in the game is 47 and a half. Funny reason to cheer for the Jaguars throughout the playoffs, especially if you're me. WWE has a tradition where they send champions a championship belt. So when your team wins the Super Bowl, WWE sends them a belt. I found out today Mississippi State has one from the national championship. I assume Ole Miss has one or it it will be receiving one very soon. So if the Jaguars win the Super Bowl, WWE has to send the owner of AEW a WWE championship belt. I would love to see that. So, well, I mean, they don't all. contractually have to do it, do they? They don't, but it would be it would be you know petty. So you think they would be they more they, likely to send it? I, I think you'd send it for everybody else, but the the picture of Tony Khan holding it would be really funny to me, at least. It tells me you might not see Tony Khan holding that belt. Oh, I think Tony would be like, look at this. Maybe I'd even throw it in the trash. Wait, Tony, is that the son? Oh, Shad That's Khan. the son. Oh, okay. Shad is the dad. I got you. Yeah. So he just went out and bought his son a wrestling league? More or less, yeah. Well, he didn't even buy it. He built it from scratch. Oh. Well, that's more impressive. 
I mean, hey, yeah. hey, son, here's some seed money. Let me help you. Versus, it's I'll just working, go yeah. buy it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't exist until like four years ago. So, would that be good though? What if, like, so you've been talking about this wrestling thing, right? If they get involved and yeah. they and and they are the ones and not the Saudis, that would be objectively good, right? Oh, they're talking about that, that the, the cons are potential buyers of WWE, which would be incredible. Talk about the best of both worlds. I would be so happy if that happened. I don't think it will, but it would be fantastic. Wasn't the uh, purported number $4 billion? Something like that. For, for the sale of WWE? Man, that, feel, that sounds low. Am I crazy? Now, for, uh, don't get me wrong, $4 billion's a lot of money, but $4 billion is what an NBA team is worth. One NBA team is worth. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, from a TV ratings perspective, what draws better, an NBA game or Monday Night Raw? It depends on the game. It's an NBA game. I mean, it's probably, it's, it's nine times. If it's on national TV, it's an NBA game. Yeah. Is it? Because the NBA's ratings aren't very good. Well, the great myths out there. I mean, Raw's, Raw's ratings aren't very good. Myth. Either. Everybody knows that they're not very good. Gotcha. Locally, they do. The, the, the difference is it's like baseball. The, the NBA's kind of become Major League Baseball. Locally, they still kill it. Like, even in New Orleans, the Pelicans kill it. The Lakers kill it. The Celtics kill it. Every, locally, it does great. Nationally, there, there's not the appeal anymore. Wait, the Lakers still kill it? Yeah. People still watch that garbage? They do. And it's terrible, but they kill it. Ooh. Austin Reeves is getting all-star votes, man. It's like, the, I mean, I get people watching the Pelicans. Yeah. I get why you would tune in to watch the Grizzlies on a nightly basis. Did you see what John Morant did to Jakob Pertle the other night? He made him look oh like a fool. <laughs> but, I mean, the, 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 the Lakers have gone from showtime to stars. Ooh. With a Z. Hey, Dad. <laughs> Pretty sure the Lakers have won a title more recently than the Yankees have. Yeah, they have. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so have your San Francisco Giants. Oh, that's true too. Yeah, they may have won two or three more since the Yankees last won one. Three, yeah, okay. But nevertheless, yes. So let's move on. I, I, so the NFL playoffs, I guess. No, we can rip on your Lakers some more. I feel like I can see you getting uncomfortable. Nah, 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 nah. They did finally win, though, right? Like it was a minute. After the season started, before they actually won a game, the Lakers, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, they're they're, they're, yeah, they're, like they're not good, but they're something. they're better. Okay. okay. <laughs> I have no idea. I do know that LeBron has been on a little bit of a heater, but whatever. Uh, yeah, Dolphins yeah. and Bills. That is game one of a triple header on Sunday. Buffalo is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Tua is not playing in this game. The only thing that I think that you've really got to be concerned about here, hey, Dad, is Buffalo's missing a couple of pieces on defense, not the least of which is DeMar Hamlin, uh, obviously. But one of the best defensive players in the league, what was it, midway point of the year? Yeah. So... No Tua though, I can't. I can't get behind Miami winning. I almost said Alabama. Can't get behind Miami winning. Yeah, and I, I saw somebody pointing out that 
Miami's going to continue to play a lot of cover zero and be really, really aggressive. And the point was, okay, Josh Allen says, wait, man-to-man all over the field? Great. We'll see you Sunday. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. Listen to that work. That work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, NBA playoff matchups before the break. NFL. That's right. It was NFL, wasn't it? NFL playoff matchups before the break. I'm not ready to... Uh, I don't know that we'll ever talk about NBA playoff matchups. Maybe a little bit. If if I kid, Memphis I kid. and New Orleans are involved, then, then people around here generally will have an eye on it. But otherwise, yeah. yeah. yeah depending on what's happening with college baseball. That's true. Teams get eliminated early, then, you know, people will be jonesing for something else. Looking for something. Giants-Vikings. This strikes me as one of the more interesting matchups of the first round. Vikings are 8-1 and at home this year. They went 13-4. and Kirk Cousins threw for over 4,500 yards and 29 touchdowns. They're better than the Giants. They're more talented than the Giants. Justin Jefferson, what, unanimous first team All-Pro? There's the Pro Bowl and there's All-Pro. The Pro Bowl's nice. All-Pro is respect from your peers. Yeah. All right. But the Giants have just kind of had something this year. Saquon Barkley has stayed healthy. He's been really good. Daniel Jones has been pretty good. Defense that'll get after you. I read something interesting about Daniel Jones and the way they use him, and because he's got a contract coming up, as most quarterbacks do after their rookie deal gets close to expiring, and and the thought process was Daniel Jones has been good for what they're asking of him, but the issue is durability. He takes a lot of hits because he runs a good bit, and and they ask him to do that. That's part of what is making him good is they're using him in that way. However you're more prone to injury if you do it that way. So you have a successful quarterback that's taking you to the playoffs, that's playing well, but you don't want to pay him because if you do and he gets hurt by playing the way you ask him to play, then it, it anyway, it's, it's a balancing act that, that New York is going to have to engage on because the way they use their quarterback would possibly lead to being injury prone as opposed to Eli Manning who never took a hit. My gosh, if there was pressure, he would just sit on his butt and not get touched. Jones is the opposite of that. Would you care to guess how many times Daniel Jones carried the football this year? Or for how many yards he ran? And remember, sack yardage doesn't count in the NFL. I get your rushing yards. 500 yards. 708. Yeah. On 120 carries. He averaged six yards a carry. That's seven rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He's athletic, man. He's deceptively move. athletic. Yeah. <laughs> Lunch battle guy. Yeah, for sure. Coach's kid. No doubt. All right, so yeah. 
Sack Gritty. yards in the NFL goes against your passing yards, right? That is correct. Correct. Was, they do it correctly, yes. So he he threw for 3205 and was sacked 44 times. Yeah. But that's the thing, man. He takes hits, and it's yeah. successful, but what do you do? They don't have to answer that question right now, but that is upcoming, and it, it interests me anyway. Yeah, they have a shot to win this game, though. They, they absolutely do. They definitely have a shot. I mean, if the Vikings hadn't made that ridiculous comeback against, uh, I forget who it was. The, I forget who it was, but they were, was it, yeah. I mean, I remember Twitter that day was just like, this is the biggest fraud team talking about the Vikings of all time. Uh, and then they finished the season pretty strong, but yeah, I think there's definitely a window for the Giants to win this game. And of course, it's Kirk Cousins in the playoff, where he has a record of one and three right. in his career. Great against the Saints. <laughs> that, that, there was that, that's what the one is. There was that one time. Yeah. All right, so then you get to Sunday night. Ravens. Bengals. Blowout City. Blowout City is coming. No Lamar Jackson. Yeah. No Lamar, yeah. He's, next time we see him, he'll be in black and gold. You know, I, I agree with T-Bob when T-Bob said overpay. Oh, yeah. No quarterback that takes more than 24% of the salary cap has won a Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. You are not interesting. You are not fun. You are not compelling. Lamar Jackson, check, check, check. And the salary cap's going to keep going up anyway. What would you rather have next year? Dalton, which is not going to happen either way, but Dalton or Jimmy G or Lamar Jackson? Who excites you I the most? With Jimmy G. I could live with Jimmy I could G. I live also. with Jimmy G. Lamar Jackson, I'm I'm Ooh. I'm back on seventeen or no. Yes. So overpay. Overpay to get a guy like that, and suddenly you are super compelling again. Um Do you think Lamar Jackson is actually hurt? Or do you think he's making a point because of who was it? Was it uh was it Roquan Smith that just got the big deal yep. from the Ravens? While they haven't been able to come to terms with Lamar Jackson, and they've kind of been talking about that yeah. before the season and through the year and get to the end of the year, and all of a sudden they, they're able to kind of quickly get something hammered out with Roquan Smith. And Are you asking if he's injured or if he's hurt? Yeah. I think he's hurt. He's not injured. Okay. He did say on social media that he has a grade two, borderline grade three ligament strain. Yeah. Sprain. And, and that his knee was not stable. Yeah. Which seems problematic. It especially does. when you play like he does. When he first got hurt, they thought he was going to be out one to three weeks. It's been a little yeah. longer than that. And the good news is he's actually going to get a lot of time to heal. Because after they lose this game, their season's over, and uh, he won't have to play any. You know, have to worry about it anymore. Plenty of time to get stable before he suits up in the black and gold, right, Hey, Dad? That's right. That's correct. You think Baltimore's ready to, to move ready. on? I don't know if they're ready to move on or not, but I don't know that Lamar Jackson is. I think Lamar Jackson's ready to move on. And then on the other sideline, you got Joe Burrow. The kid's got a chance in the NFL. 
He had the most cold, bad, you know what quote when a reporter asked him about their window to win a Super Bowl, and his response was, "The window is my entire career." Good <laughs> one. I don't hate the confidence. No, because his is authentic. One hundred percent, Joe Burrow. That that's who he is, man. And that's why we talked about it after they won the national championship, which I guess was uh, a year or two years ago today, right? Three years ago today, whatever. Um, but he had that quality that Brady has in terms of mindset and and the way he conducts himself on the field. Brady's a little bit more fiery, but have you ever watched Tom Brady play and think that game's moving too fast for him? He's rattled. Every time I've watched Joe Burrow, it looks like he's just chilling. It's all good. Even in the Super Bowl when he was running for his life, he just looked so comfortable in everything that he did. Life moves slow for him. Yeah. It's like he's seeing everything around him in slow motion. And then you get to Monday night. Borky, you, we were first kicking this around about ratings, and you're like, the only thing that might hamper them is it's just on ESPN. Nope, it's not just on ESPN. Cowboys Buccaneers on ESPN, ABC, and ESPN+. Plus. 50 million. <laughs> 50. Yep. 50. 50. Is that conservative? Possibly. Because Thanksgiving games did 40-plus, right? <laughs> this isn't Brady's last year, but still, it's like the end of the Brady. But thing. it could be. Could it be. might be. You don't know. You don't know. You might be watching his last game. Well, he's going to have to keep playing if, uh, depending on what he bought over 1 million shares of FTX for. Whatever the value of that is, we may have to keep playing to recoup the losses there. But He'll just sell some NFTs. It'll be all right. Did you guys see that? He he had over a million yes. shares. Giselle had over six hundred thousand shares. And guess what Oof. they're worth today? Those are shares, not that not dollars. Those are shares of the company that had a multi billion dollar oh. valuation, and they are worth zero today. I don't think that's causing either Tom or Giselle to have to like do soup kitchen stuff for their next meal. No, but you may have to go take a beating for the Miami Dolphins next year. Maybe. You get a chance also to watch Dak Prescott and potentially his last game as the Cowboys quarterback. You think? No, no his coach, not really. though. Not really. I'd say. It's a big well, game for Jones, the Sean Jerry Payton's Jones said McCarthy's back no matter what, so we'll see if that's, that holds up. Go lose to a below 500 team in the first round of the playoffs again. It's Tom Brady. To I don't saying. care. It's on the road. Coming up next, Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet. Always like visiting with Bruce, and Bruce always likes visiting with Rich. We'll be back in the Pearl River Resort True Studios story. after this. Hey, Rich. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? 
Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, one of our favorite times of the week. It's the chance that we have to visit with Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet, goldsheet.com. Bruce, always good to visit with you. NFL playoffs beginning this weekend, college basketball wide open as well with conference play all over the place. How you doing, my friend? Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, Rich. I, I didn't know Vanderbilt was going to show up Monday night instead of TCU to play. Uh, other than that, it's been a pretty yeah. good week. Yeah, it was, it was kind of crazy. So uh, we were looking at the games on Tuesday night in college basketball, and I just kind of wondered something out loud when I saw that Kentucky was a 20-point favorite over South Carolina, and I was like, guys, is Kentucky good enough to beat anybody by 20? And then lo and behold, later that night, we find out that, uh, whoo, it's it's kind of been a crazy year early on in college basketball. Are you seeing any trends that that we need to watch, Bruce, in in college well, hoops? Well, yeah, I mean it's more team by team, um, and but some of these the, the brand names that you want. I mean, North Carolina's been struggling, or they've had a couple injury problems. I think Kentucky is one of the interesting stories here uh, because they are not that good. Um, and now I think it's 10, 11 straight point spread losses in a row. You know, that's not got them happy. Uh, these rumors about Coach Cal in Texas won't go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Texas might be dumb enough to pay him $15 million a year. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, you know, what you've seen with Kentucky lately is Coach Cal, uh, his, his freshmen are not skilled enough. And his transfers are generally not athletic enough. Oscar's the exception. Um, and without him, though, and this is a sub-500 team. But he's been picking up guys like Reeves from Illinois State and Missouri Valley uh, last year, um, you know, picking up Grady from uh, Davidson. He had Mintz from Creighton. Uh, these guys aren't moving the needle. And no. uh, they're good players. They're not what we expected in the past from Kentucky. I mean, his players just haven't been as good the last couple of years. And I, th- I think he's getting tired and I don't know how, you know, the nil and, and it's sort of like coach Saban working, you know, the nil era now it's a little different. Kentucky's in trouble. Calipari's in some trouble there. And I think he may, if Texas wants to bail him out and give him a lot of money, he might do it. We'll see. Hey, Hey Bruce, I know you're a smart guy. Um, but I don't know if you're smart enough to have picked up on this. There is a, a noted handicapper, uh, self-proclaimed, that lives in Starkville, Mississippi. His name is Brian Haydad. And he has discovered a trend that I think is worth watching for you. He says he doesn't care who Mississippi State is playing, take the under. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, 58-50 the other night, yeah. And oh. uh, I, we've been looking under with them. That's Chris Jans. I mean, what he's got, they just are going slow. I mean, look at some of the games they had earlier. I mean, Marquette game was, what, 113 and landed, 108 the other night. Yeah, I mean... And they haven't quite adjusted the, the totals down low, so that's one. I'm glad he. I'm glad Brian mentioned that too, because in the totals, though, I mean, you can see there's a lot more trends you see on the totals that often go extended. For and I'm, uh, you know, I don't off the top of my head, I'm not thinking of any now. But when I look over the card, you'll find them. So don't forget to look for totals and trends there, because some of those, uh, like Mississippi State, keeps going under, and there's some other teams. It could be overs too. Um, and by the way, like last night, uh, we had some overtimes in the Southland. I mean, that uh, Southeast Louisiana 
Corpus Christi. That game looked like an over. It needed the overtime last night, but that league has been an over league. Corpus Christi's an over over team. So look for the totals too, because you get good trends there. Bruce, you have been the king in the past of giving us some off the radar games, especially that are happening on Friday night in this time of the year, going into uh, into uh, you know like playoff weekend. And, and it seems like the MAC, the MAAC, might be your specialty. Is there anything out there that we should be looking at tonight that you like in college basketball? Well, uh, that uh, Kent State Ohio game is pretty good, but I that's the best game of the night in the MAC. I think you can make a case for Akron here tonight against Eastern Michigan. Um, uh, Stan Heath is up at Eastern Michigan. They are really struggling. Uh, Imoni Bates, remember him? You know Memphis, yeah. little cup of coffee there last year. He's up there now. He's had some off. You know, other things going on, but he's back near home. Uh, Heath is letting him shoot too much. Uh, he's freezing out too much of the team for Eastern Michigan, and they're just not that good. Uh, Akron's good, and John Gross knows how to coach defense. They only allow, what, 62 points per game. Um, and uh, Castaneda, their top scorer, much more team-oriented oriented than Bates's. So I think you can make a case for Akron tonight. Uh, other, two others tonight. Uh, um, Michigan State... Given Izzo all these points at Illinois, uh, listen, Michigan State's playing pretty well right now, and everybody's uh, once Malik Hall came back, he's got his now he's got his four double digit scores. Michigan State plus is kind of interesting, and uh, I might look an over tonight. Nevada and uh, Utah State. Uh, Utah State's been one of these real over teams, only like one forty, forty three and a half tonight. I think these two get over in Reno tonight. All right, we'll keep an eye on that. Utah State and Nevada. All right, now the stuff that people are really, really interested in. NFL playoffs. But before we do that, remind people where they can get your picks if they are so inclined. Thanks, Rich. Check us out online, goldsheet.com. We got, of course, every Tuesday we get the football stuff up there, and then every night is goldsheet basketball. And uh, we'll have all the Saturday uh, games, uh, featured games tomorrow. Goldsheet.com. My picks there are also Vegas Insider and DonBest.com. There you go. Goldsheet.com, Vegas Insider, and Don Best. We talked a lot about what we think the atmosphere is going to be like in Jacksonville tomorrow night for that matchup between the Chargers and the Jags. I said earlier today, I think it's going to feel like a college football atmosphere. It was wild against the uh, Titans last week. Jaguars getting points at home to the Chargers. Now, Justin Herbert, probably a better quarterback at this point in his career, then Trevor Lawrence. We'll see where it goes with Trevor Lawrence. Are you buying into the Jaguars at home uh, getting just, a, I mean, only a point and a half, but uh, an underdog nonetheless? Yeah, yeah, and I might be going over my skis a bit here, Rich, but yes, I am uh, for a couple reasons. One, uh, and I keep, because a guy like me, I mean, we keep thinking back what happened in the past, and I keep trying to fit these teams into stuff I've seen before. But uh, the similarities between the Jags this year and the Bengals last year is hard to ignore. Uh, second-year quarterback finally, and it was the top pick in the draft, finally starts to come into his own late in the second season. A team that had been downtrodden for a few years all of a sudden catches fire late. Defense making plays all over the field. That's Jacksonville now, and it's Cincinnati at this time last year. So I think, and, and, and since he didn't have any home games in the playoffs either, Jacksonville's got one here. The other thing here, uh, Doug Peterson, I think he is worth a few points, if not more, over Brandon Staley. I'll go ahead and out on the limb and say this. The best thing that can happen to the Chargers would be for them to lose tomorrow and for them to move out Staley, get him back to courting defense or whatever, and hire Sean Payton. Uh, I think I think Staley's a hindrance. And, you know, keeping some of those guys in the game at Denver last week when he didn't have to, Mike Williams got hurt 
He's missing the game tomorrow. He's their best wideout. Uh, that was just stupid on the part of Staley, and he's done some weird things all year. Uh, I think if they lose, they, they they might make a switch. I think Jacksonville gets them. They got them in the regular season. Not sure that matters back in September, but uh, that defense is making plays. Not against quarterbacks this good as Herbert, but something's going on with Jacksonville, and I like it. 27-22 Jags, I think they get them tomorrow. All right, that'll be fun if that happens. Give me the game that you like the most on Sunday. We've got Dolphins-Bills in the early window, Giants-Vikings in the afternoon, Ravens-Bengals in the nightcap. The Giants. Um, and uh, here I am going against Minnesota. Listen, Minnesota, three-point favorite, but that's about right for Minnesota. All their games seem to land three, including the first one with the Giants a few weeks ago. Okay. But when you're 13-4 and four, and you've ended up being outscored on the season, you have a minus point differential and 13 and four straight up. Something weird is going on. They fly so close to the flame every week almost. They're going to get burned. Uh, this defense is not all that good. I don't want to say the Vikings are a fraud because they have found ways to win. I'll just say they're really, really vulnerable. Uh, the Giants, Barkley's healthy. Daniel Jones is for real now. He is a real NFL quarterback. I give Dayball a lot of credit for that. Um, and, I mean, every game with Minnesota is close. I don't think if they win, they're not going to win by more than three, I don't think. And I think the Giants can win this game. And this this is my sleeper team in the NFC. G-Men, 29-24. That was a good key release. I think they win this thing outright. And uh, maybe if that happens, they probably get the Eagles next week. All right, only 60 seconds left. Cowboys, Bucks. are you riding with Dak or riding with Tom Brady on Monday night? I'm riding with Brady, but I'm riding with both of them not to do much. Uh, by the way, I think if Dallas loses here, McCarthy's in trouble. Uh, and Jerry didn't hire him to lose, knocked out in the playoffs first round last uh, every year. So keep that in mind, too. Dak is really in a bad groove right now. Uh, picks in seven straight games. He's had pick sixes or scooping scores in the last four games. I mean, it's been bad. And um, Tampa Bay isn't that much. They miss Arians and they miss Gronk. Brady misses Gronk. The offensive line is banged up. But, uh, and I don't want to reduce it to Brady versus Dak, but we've seen these actors too many times in the postseason. And it's all the voices. Brady's never lost to Dallas. Uh, Tampa Bay's not that good, but I don't think Dallas is that good either right now. Tampa Bay 21 19, but that's also an under on Monday night. 21-19, and that is an under. Uh, we were talking about the TV viewership for that game. We were kicking around whether this one hits $50 million on Monday night. Yeah, it'll be the highest-rated game of the weekend, that's for sure. No question about it. Bruce, hope you enjoy the uh, the playoff weekend, college basketball tomorrow as well. Thanks, as always, for your time. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good week, Rich. Thanks. Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet. You can get his picks at goldsheet.com, vegasinsiderand.donbest.com, one of our favorite chats of the week. He, he gave you props, hey, Dad. He said, uh, good good point there by Brian. Hey, Dad, riding that under. Be starting Starkville Insider very soon. Sports Talk Mississippi, back with you after this. To the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling on Super Talk Mississippi. Mentioned a second ago talking about the Ravens Bengals matchup that uh, Lamar Jackson is not expected to play in that game. 
I don't think that uh, is sitting well with all of his teammates. From a Washington Post story, have you guys seen these quotes from Sammy Watkins? In this league, everybody is pretty much banged up, hurt. I don't want to speak for him and his situation and whatever he's going through with the contracts. I don't know what world he's in, but for me, he had a chance to do something special. We all know with Lamar Jackson out there, this team is really freaking good and special things can happen. He can will this team to a Super Bowl. I don't think he's thinking about it that way. There's more to the quote. You can read the story if you want to at uh, the Washington Post. It's uh, not exactly what you want to hear coming from one of your teammates in your own locker room. Hello, breaking news here, Richard. My buddy Robbie Falk just reported it, and I just got off the phone with somebody talking about it. But uh, Tulu Griffin has entered the transfer portal. Really? Yes. What do you think that's all about? My guess is NIL, but I don't know. Maybe he has concerns about the new new offensive direction, uh, you know, so I don't know. I am confident that that's one that State will work very hard to get him back out of the portal. So you think it's a leverage play? Possibly. Man. It is a... This is a different era that we are living in in college football. It really is. really is. Especially when you think about Tulu the past month has been so vocal on social media about trying to get guys in the transfer portal here to Starkville, and now all of a sudden you know, he's in. So I mean, I, I, maybe it's more concerned, like I said, about the offense and, and, and where it's going to end up. You know, I, I don't know the answer to that. But What would that mean for Mississippi State? We shall see. Well, that's a good question. Because I think he's State's best receiver, for sure. You know, he's a weapon. He's obviously the best kick returner maybe in college football. So it's a big blow. Um, that's a blow that you you know hopefully you can absorb because you're now entering into a time where you, your, your offense isn't as wide receiver dependent as it was before. You know, I don't think, you know, Tula Griffin's your best receiver. That's going to be tough to replace. And you already lost the guy who before him might have been the best receiver in Ra Ra Thomas. So if you lose your two best receivers in an offseason, that's that's never a good thing. But you hope that the depth that you've put together over these past couple of years because you were running all these four- and five-wide-out sets gets you through it a little bit. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, Hunter in Columbus says, didn't Tulu already get paid? No, what's, I mean... What's your point? Yeah, I mean, he he had he had announced that he had a deal with the Bulldog Initiative. Yeah, but that doesn't mean other collectives can't, you know, figure things out. Those deals aren't binding; they are not I, binding. As we no, they're are not learning. binding at all. No, in Gainesville, and we will uh, we'll get into that in the five o'clock hour. The Jaden Rashada story as well. But we just get a message that I, clearly somebody just tuned in and said, "Wait, wait, Griffin left." Not left, has entered his name into the transfer portal. And, I mean, look, we we talked earlier this week with Charlie Winfield, who is the head of the Bulldog Initiative. And Charlie was very candid with us about the way that he is going about putting together these deals, making sure that they can deliver on what they promise, and also kind of focusing on what is quantifiable 
based on what you've seen and what has happened versus what you were hoping to see from an incoming freshman? Is is that a fair summary of of the way he answered that question about kind of allocation of resources for incoming guys compared to maintaining your existing roster? Yes, I feel like that is a, a very fair way to put it. Yeah, that that's that's how he wanted to to manage Mississippi State's NIL money, and frankly, Tula Griffin has proven it on the field in Starkville. <laughs> is this sure. a scenario? I mean, is this one of those cases where you get in the transfer portal knowing where you're headed, what you're going to do, or is it just a testing the waters thing? Dwayne and Brandon says Tulu. Might just be the beginning. Too many changes. The guys are not certain of the future. I mean, that's possible, Dwayne, but it's also completely speculative. Completely at this point. Yeah. Hmm. That is an interesting development, and I don't think one that any of us saw coming on this Friday afternoon. No, no, no. This has been the craziest offseason covering Mississippi State that I could ever have possibly imagined. There's new news every day. We get another message that says, this is another reason why NIL, NIL stinks. It's here, I get it, but still, no coach can plan recruiting with guys constantly in and out. It is crazy, it is hard to plan, but it is the world in which we are living. Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Five o'clock hour, college football fix when we come back. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. o'clock hour, last hour of the work week on Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Check them out online at PearlRiverResort.com to see everything that is happening in and around Pearl River Resort. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, love to visit with you on the ceasefire text line. 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. To learn more, go online to cspire.com slash business. Let's do it. Time right now for the College Football Fix. I hear it. Can you not hear it? I don't hear it, Borky. No music. We don't hear it. We don't hear it. What'd you do? There, there it is. The college football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. It's going to be a little cool this weekend. Sun's going to be out, though. Great time to go out and test drive a Ford F-150 F-Series. 
for 45 straight years, has been the number one selling truck in America. Test drive one this weekend at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. So many directions that we can go on the college football fix, but let's go back to Starkville, where earlier today Zach Selman was announced as the new athletics director at Mississippi State. He has been at the University of Oklahoma since 2015, so seven years. Uh, had previously worked at Oklahoma in between those two stops, worked under Bubba Cunningham at North Carolina. His focus as his career has risen has been on the fundraising side of things, on the external relations side of the college athletics landscape, and he's got a ton of enthusiasm, a ton of energy, young guy, with a new opportunity. Borky, can we hear some of what Zach said? Here's some of it. So it was quite long, but uh, here was part of his uh, part of his uh, his opening speech and uh, a personal anecdote for why he's in college athletics uh, in general. So pretty cool stuff here. As a grandson of a sharecropper, we know firsthand the hard work and how intercollegiate athletics has the power to change the trajectory of someone's life. See, my dad, along with his two brothers, were the first in their family to go to college because they had a college scholarship to play football. Then my three older sisters, Shannon, Megan, and Lauren, all had college scholarships to go play basketball. And I followed along and had an opportunity to go to Wake Forest University on a college scholarship. So we know what, or we know what the DNA is in college sports. We know what happens and the opportunities that come with it. And for our family, it's not just the profession. It's not just the job. It's our why. Uh, we talked a lot in the, in the interview process about it's our just cause. And it's not just myself, it is. It's all of our family. It's Rachel, it's Shane, it's Riley. So we look forward to joining Dr. Kim and the Mississippi State family in the pursuit of positively contributing and impacting the lives of young people through sport here. And I know I'm directly responsible uh, for over 300 student-athletes, our 12 head coaches in our programs, but our responsibility is to the entire institution. To the faculty here at Mississippi State, we respect the role we play in higher education, and we will protect the integrity of our beloved institution. We look forward to working with you as we prepare leaders of tomorrow. To our student-athletes specifically, you will graduate. There will be an emphasis on providing the services and resources necessary to help you earn an education and receive your degrees. Additionally, we will equip you with the tools to help you grow now and into the future. During your time here at Mississippi State, we'll create a setting so that you can be the best version of yourself, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. You will have the resources and tools you need. Zach Selman talking vision and kind of reaching out to some of the various stakeholders, right? And, and that's the thing. When, when you have... When you have... A college athletics program is part of a larger university community. There are a lot of people that are, are stakeholders. You're talking about fans, you're talking about boosters, you're talking about coaches, you're talking about student athletes, you're talking about people that have a, a casual relationship with the, the university, you're talking about your own bosses. There are a lot of people that have an interest in what you are doing. And uh, that was part of Zach Selman in his uh, opening press conference today. It's just a press conference, but there, there's that one thing that stands out to me a lot is mentally, and, and hearing more people mention that in terms of what they need to do for young people 
as somebody in a leadership position, really speaks to me personally for reasons that I've laid out many times in this show. But that that needs to be more commonplace than it is when you're talking about, yeah, we're going to win ball games and you're going to get degrees, but also we need to make sure that you're in a good mental state. And if you're not, we need to help you. That Making that part of not the curriculum, that's not the right word, but making that part of the pillars of what you find success in in that position is extremely important. And, and we've seen it recently. I mean, tragically, there there have been athletes, college athletes, that have taken their own lives for various reasons. And hearing that, I mean, across the country, it's, it's, a, it's a sadly an issue everywhere. Hearing that that is something that they're going to care about is encouraging, and that needs to be more on the forefront, not yeah, just in you, sports, but in everything. Sure, and, and you love it when those aren't just words for, for an opening press conference. When your, your new AD talks about supporting student-athletes physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, educationally, all, all of those things are important. And it's easy for that to get lost in the world that we're in in college athletics, where it's NIL and transfer portal and how many places and how much can I get, and you know, et cetera, and and. That's fine. That's part of it. And and I don't think any of us um, begrudge anybody who, who gets what they can get because it's an opportunity, and uh, it's not an opportunity that's been there in the past. But for a lot of people that still participated in college athlete athletics, scholarship still means something. Being part of a team still means something. Get a, getting a degree still means something as well. Hey, Dad, is there anything that Zach Selman said today that didn't feel like just the ordinary, this is my first time in front of fans, media, and these are the things that I need to say, just just something that maybe was a little different that stood out to you? I'm not trying to say that the man gave a, just a, a cliched, you know, you know, template uh, speech here. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I, I thought you know he he hit all the high points. You know, I, I, I the fact that he you know he talked about nil maybe not surprising, but refreshing. Like as, as Borky discussed in the first hour, that you know the previous administration did not embrace nil, and when they did, it was backwards, to put it to, to put it mildly. So. Uh, no, not, nothing. Nothing really stood out as like, wow, that's that's. I didn't expect to hear that. But at the same time, I, I felt like he he definitely hit the high po- points you have to hit. Sure. And maybe you don't need anything earth shattering in an in an opening press conference, right? You need to play the hits. Yeah. You, you need to thank the people that need to be thanked. You need to uh, talk about how you're going to support your coaches, how you're going to support student athletes, players. A little bit about what your vision is. Did, did he get into big picture vision stuff? Not really, not really. But I mean, at least twice in Dr. Keenum's introduction of Zach Selman, the word "visionary" was used. Hmm. So it's it's obvious, you know, they're, 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 when they bring him in, they're, they're doing so with an eye towards the future. And it's not just about maintaining the status quo; it's about trying to find some new ways uh, of doing things. All right. He did say one thing that I found amusing, which was he, he talked about he was asked about Ole Miss. He said, "I have some familiarity with them, having played them tw- played them while I was in college. I still uh, regret the fact that our coach's scouting report didn't include a guy named Patrick Willis on the <laughs> scouting report." Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> that probably would have been good to know about him. Yeah. So. 
So he would have been he would have been on the team. He was on the 06 team that yeah, played I'm in, the, at it right in the rainstorm in Oxford when Ole Miss yeah. did the uh, full on hour and a half scrimmage in the uh, the indoor practice facility. Turned out to be a we'll bad. Have to ask him about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Zach Selman, new athletics director at Mississippi State. Uh, not sure what day it's going to happen yet, but uh, we are scheduled to visit with Zach next week uh, as he kind of gets his feet on the ground in Starkville. Hey, Dad pointed out earlier today that uh, he had to go back to Norman. Um, I mean, you know, there's probably a house to sell and some loose ends to tie up and uh, all of those things um, before he officially – is there a, an official start date for him at Mississippi State? Was not given, and neither were the details of the contract. They said they would, those would be released at a later date. So I was going to ask you that also, if we knew how yeah. he was being compensated. Well, I'm You're sure. Not yet, not that yet. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure, yes. Congratulations on the raise, bud. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. Sports Talk Mississippi, that is your college football fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. When we come back... It's time for a Food Friday presented by Polk's Meat. More coming up after this. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. on this Friday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studios. 20 minutes after 5, that can only mean one thing on a Friday afternoon, and that is that it's time for a Food Friday presented by Polk's, polksmeat.com. That's their website. That's where you can find out about all of their product offerings, but we encourage you, as we've been telling you for a couple of years now, when you go to the grocery store and you're in the meat department, just be sure that you're picking up Polk's Food products, Polk meat, uh, Polk's meat products. Whether it's the uh, those big juicy hot dogs that are so good on the grill, or their traditional sausages, whether it's smoked sausage or Cajun smoked sausage or the garlic and green onion, whatever it is, you're going to love it. You could uh, you can slice it up. It can be part of a sausage and cheese plate. It can go in jambalaya. It can go in gumbo. It can go in just about anything. It is particularly good with breakfast. Just a personal opinion, but uh, it is absolutely worth it. Polk's Meat Products. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. We always have fun with this. We would love for uh, you to let us know what your cooking plans are for the weekend. You can do that on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Michael Borky, we will start with you cooking plan for the weekend. So I realized the other day that I haven't had one of these in a year and a half, I think, mm-hmm. because the last one I had was in New Orleans. I'm going to make myself a po' boy this weekend. Po' boy? Yeah, and, and they're simple. I mean, you guys all know how to make them by now. I'm going to try to um, to recreate, oh, hey, that helped me out. What's it called? The one with shrimp and the roast beef on it at uh, Parkway? Surf and Turf. 
No, That's Parkway calls it something, though. Either way. Um, you say shrimp and roast beef? It's, yeah. Yeah. And it is it's good. awesome. It's and good. I'm going to recreate one of those. Might eat the entire loaf. I just like do a whole French baguette and just eat the entire thing. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling good All like that. Yeah, I'm feeling good that like out that a little bit. Okay, just uh, you know, wear sweatpants and just sit and watch football for the rest of the day. Sounds like a good day to me. They just call it surf and turf, Porky. I'm I'm, I'm looking at the menu. Well, now. Then, then what's it called at um, Mahoney's? You're thinking of the peacemaker, but that's peacemaker. not the same thing. So what's on the peacemaker? Fried shrimp and fried oysters. I thought they had roast beef on it too, with, with cheese and bacon. Ah. Uh, well, that's what I'm going to make. It's a different po' boy. Okay. You're making the surf that Yeah, That'll be great. Po' boys are so good. They really are. They are so good. Buddy, uh, if I just sent me a message, it says, just picked up Polk's at Larson's. Perfect. Perfect way to roll into the weekend. So, po' boys for Borky. Brian, hey, Dad. Yeah. Basketball's on the road this weekend. Yes, yes. What is the uh, last weekend you did not venture to the uh, to the out of doors to fire up no. the grill? Will you be uh, will you be will you be lighting up the grill and turning on your lights this weekend? Yes. Oh, there we go. Tell me more. Uh, I hadn't had one in a while. I'm, I'm, I guess Borky and I are on a nostalgia trip this week. I, I bought went and bought a tri tip uh, yesterday, so we're going to throw that on the grill. A friend of mine, good friend of mine, great listener to the show, never misses this show or a Thunder and Lightning podcast. My buddy Russ Nelson there in uh in Brandon sent me some of the uh he, he uses a lot of the, the chimichurri seasoning. I don't know if you've seen that or not. You can, you know, use it to make the chimichurri sauce, you can make chimichurri butter, or you can just rub the steak with the chimichurri. So I'm gonna I got a tri tip, I got a big hunk of me, of beef. We're gonna grill that up and uh and put the chimichurri to it. There you go. Say chimichurri one more time. One more time. I'm just being honest. I have not decided what I'm doing on the grill yet this weekend. Okay. I will tell you, um, last weekend, we cooked on Friday night, and it was fun, and it's outside, and kids were around, and all that good stuff. I did, um, I did salmon for Jane, and, and the kids love it, too. I was more on the, the steak. I had a little piece of it. And I made it a little spicier than I have in the past. Not like over the top, but a little salt, a little bit of cracked black pepper, just a touch of olive oil on there. And then I coated it with, and look, I mean, I'm not like breaking any news here, but coated it with the Tony C's Cajun, and it was really, really good. I don't know, maybe it's just a good piece of salmon. All the way around, but just that little bit of because that that Tony Tony Sashery's Creole is not terribly spicy, but it's got good flavor to it, and it's almost it was, it was on there thick enough that there's almost just a little bit of crunch from the seasoning on top. It was it was really good, really good. I don't know if we'll do that again. I ate salmon last night. Mm, love it, love it. So Salt a bunch and uh, of, spicy Danos. Say again. Just salt and spicy Danos is all I use. There you go. There you go. Here we go. Here are your suggestions. Chili dogs in the solo stove. It's a balmy 30 degrees on the deck here in Michigan. 
Thanks for listening to us from Michigan. Have you guys fiddled around with the solo stoves at all? Kind of the, the portable fireplace? I got a buddy that's got one of those. I have not done that, but they're cool. They're like the, the smokeless, it's like the smokeless fire pit or very little smoke fire pit, especially once that thing gets good and hot. What a cool setup. And, uh, and grilling your hot dogs over, got them loaded up with some chili and some cheese and some onions and, uh, maybe got a little relish there as well. Looking good in Michigan. Let's see here. What else have we got? Uh, Headed home from West Virginia looking for a steakhouse now. That's Bo and Indianola on the road this afternoon. Be safe, Bo. Hey, Dad, is uh, we Brandon boys never miss a show or your Wednesday night podcast. That's from Dwayne and Brandon. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Ate at Mama Hamill's for lunch in Madison today, and I'm still stuffed. Well, maybe you're pushing it back a day. Yeah. Real quick, we got to get to this, hopefully. Uh, Florida's drop ad deadline was 5 o'clock today. Guess who did not add by 5 o'clock today? What's that got to do with food? Is my Rashada. Well, he plays for the Gators. You can eat Gator. So there you go. <laughs> I suppose you could. But, yeah, had to drop that in there. What a ridiculous saga that has become. Dave says, I'm smoking two Boston butts this weekend and grilling some... Gourd corn on the cob? Yum. Love it. Mike, uh, Mike's going with some ramen noodles tonight? Okay. Or is that just like a seasoning he's doing? Mike, Mike's not usually a ramen Looks guy. like uh, I think he's just having some ramen tonight. There's some... Uh, that's some there's some comfort food to ramen, isn't there? Well, yeah. Get a nostalgia thing for you. Uh, smoking ducks, roasted vegetables, cornbread, and homemade pear cobbler. Darren and Jackson doing it right. Let's see here. Headed to the duck camp, then to hometown in Inverness for Delta fried catfish. Pork belly burnt ends happening this weekend. Hey, Dad. Uh, is a big fan. There you go. Certainly, tips and onions smothered in tomato gravy, served over rice. That's a soul food food meal for you as well. Uh, a lot of folks are eating out tonight. Here's one headed to Mer- uh, Marigos, making burnt birdie beaks and stuffed eagle. Oh, jeez, playing golf this weekend. Okay, nailed it. Jalapeno cornbread to uh, go with uh, famous family recipe chili. Love it. Jalapeno cornbread is so good. So good. Whatever you do this weekend on the grill, make sure that you make Polk's meat products a part of your grilling, whether it's an appetizer, part of the entree, or just the main course. You're going to love it. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polks. When you go to the grocery store, be sure that you find the Polks-labeled meat products. You will love them. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, great as always to be with you. You can be a part of uh, the conversation on the ceasefire text line. There's some ramen slander on the text line right now talking about uh, it being college food. Guys, you do not know how good ramen can be. And I'm not talking about crushing it up, buying it for 65 cents and popping it in your microwave. I'm talking about the good ramen 
where you get like the uh, hard boiled egg and uh, some some chopped up green onions Actual meat. And, and pork belly and stuff like that. When you put that in, in the ramen, buddy, it'll cha- it'll change your mind. That's you're for still sure. starting out with the packages though, where you buy four of them for a dollar twenty five. You can, you certainly can. Okay. All right. There's better quality noodles out there, but they're not expensive themselves. Don't don't sleep on a good ramen though. I like it. All right, when we come back, Borky mentioned it just a second ago. The drop ad date has come and gone at the University of Florida. Jaden Rashada is not enrolled at Florida. If you haven't followed this saga, the Athletic put out an incredible timeline of what has happened in the Jaden Rashada com- uh, recruitment. We'll take a look at that when we come back on Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices, plus exclusive interviews with coaches, players, and legends from the past. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Mentioned the surprising news from earlier today. Mississippi State's Tuton Griffin has entered his name into the transfer portal. Hey, Dad said best wide receiver on the team, maybe the best kick returner in all of college football. We will see where that goes. Hey, Dad did point out that uh, he anticipates Mississippi State will do everything in its power to uh, convince him to exit the portal through the same door that he entered the portal. Back where you came from, bud. Come on. We'll, we'll get it done. Grand opening, grand closing. Hey, I, I don't know exactly what this means. We don't obviously don't have access to the transfer portal database, but somebody told us that Tula Griffin's status in the transfer was do not contact and ask if that means he already knows where he's going. It, it, it tends to be what prospects put on there when they have a destination in mind. Okay. Where would that destination be? So is there any guess? I saw somebody mention yeah. Auburn. Yeah, there's a guess. Is is Auburn the play? No. Think, I don't think I, more... If you said Brian had to guess, it'd be a little closer to home. You think he's coming to Oxford? I, I think that might be the place. Ooh. Okay. Well, Ole Miss did not have much in the way of a kick return game this season. Did they return a kick? Like, did, did that happen? Not many. Uh, not many. Hey, I want to make sure that we get to this because it's such a fascinating story. So, Jaden Rashada, story at The Athletic. I just want to walk through the timeline. That, that's what this story is. It's Okay, who are the people involved and what is the timeline? Jaden Rashada, four-star quarterback out of Pittsburgh, California, top 50-ish prospect, depending on what list you look at. Harlan Rashada, his father who is a former defensive back at Arizona State, Eddie Rojas, who is the CEO of the Gator Collective, launched in August of 21, former Florida baseball player, and he said uh, in a quote back when this launched that uh, he hoped to make his alma mater known as NILU. Said uh, back in April, I would venture to say the Gator Collective is paying more guaranteed money than any group in the country. When I write a contract, I want to make sure that we actually have the money in our account. Texas A&M would like a word, although Jimbo Fisher would deny it, as an aside. <laughs> Jen Grosso, 
is the NIL coordinator for the Gator Collective. And on Twitter, she is known as Gator Jen. Hugh Hathcock is a big donor at the University of Florida who pledged $12.5 million to the department in 2022. And he launched a separate Florida Gator collective called Gator Guard. It was an assembly of wealthy donors capable of writing checks larger than the fan collective could amass in years. Hathcock said, Players need to know if they come to the University of Florida that they're going to have the best opportunities NIL-wise as any school in America. And then the last player in this is Marcus Castro-Walker, the Gators' director of player engagement at NIL, one of the first staffers hired by Billy Napier on being hired as Florida's head coach in 2021. So those are the people we're talking about. Here's the timeline. This is all in 2022 and into 2023. June 7th, official visit to Florida. The visit ends with Florida looking like the front runner. And the Rashad is assuring the staff that NIL is not a factor in Jaden's recruitment, claiming, quote, <laughs> there's a misconception about us out there, close quote. I'm sure. Two days later, June 9th through the 12th, make this make sense. From California, Jaden Rashada joins his 7-on-7 team, the Miami Immortals, a travel squad funded by University of Miami billionaire booster John Ruiz at the OT7 National Tournament in Las Vegas. Lives in California, plays for a Miami-based 7-on-7 team, funded by John Ruiz, tournaments in Vegas. June 20th, initially scheduled to reveal his commitment on June 18th, but on June 20th he postpones the announcement so that he can officially visit the University of Miami. Six days later, he commits to Miami over Florida, LSU, Texas A&M, and Ole Miss. And Florida's coaching staff pulled his scholarship offer just a few days before his commitment to Miami. Can't make this up. Then things got quiet. From June 26th until November 10th, very little. This is where it gets weird. Committed to Miami... Rashada and the Gator Collective agree to terms. The Gator Collective, while he's committed to Miami, agree to terms on an NIL deal exceeding $13 million. Such a massive pledge is thought to dramatically exceed the Gator Collective's fundraising level, so the deal presumes assistance from Hathcock or other Gator Guard donors. After signing the NIL contract... At that point, Rashada decommits from Miami, flips to Florida. November 12th, he goes to his first game at the Swamp. Florida beats South Carolina December 7th. (laughs) I said that was where it got interesting. This is where it really gets interesting. December 7th. Rojas, who we talked about earlier, sends a termination letter regarding the $13 million contract according to a program source close to the situation. Now, now pause for a second, though, because it. when I read this, I did the same thing. Florida, without having the funds, they didn't have the money to do this, offered a high school quarterback $13 million to go there. $13 million 
is more than what the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints got this year. Think about that. Multiple conversations ensue between donors and athletic department members, including Castro Walker and Scott Strickland, the athletics director. Some within the administration are only now getting up to speed on what was promised. Hmm. Conversations ultimately focus on finding contingencies for keeping the class's highest profile recruit in the fold. December 21st. Billy Napier's signing day press conference is delayed 67 minutes after Rashada's name initially missing from the list of signees is uh, is added at the last minute. Some of his quotes were kind of laughable. Eight days later, December 29th, Rashada arrives in Orlando to begin practicing for the Under Armour All-American game, talks great about Florida and his teammates, future teammates. The next day, December 30th, talks great about Billy Napier. And uh, his father, Harlan, offers sparse thoughts on NIL. It's new in the college landscape. It does impact recruiting in the game. But I think there are far more positives than negatives. This process was not great, was not perfect, but you're just trying to make the right decision with your son. January 3rd, he says, I'm meant for the Florida system. January 10th, 16 early enrollees report to the University of Florida but Rashada is not among them, casting doubt about his future. There is still a probability that he ultimately enrolls at Florida, though Rashada has returned to the West Coast. Next day, January 11th, two days ago. Program source with knowledge of the entanglement says Rashada will not be enrolling at Florida. There's a lot of panic. It's like stepping on an ant pile. There's also the potential for litigation hinging upon whether the November uh, November contract is binding. The collectives, according to another program source, are offering a lesser deal to Rashada, still above seven figures, to stay at Florida with the caveat that he release everyone from all previous claims. Now, there are people in Jaden Rashada's camp that have refuted on three's report that he had asked to be released from his letter of intent earlier today, Final deadline for students to start the spring semester, though let's not pretend the admissions office won't grant an exception of a couple of days for an Elite 11 quarterback. Hmm. Funny how that works. Funny how that works. You can't make that up. Great reporting, by the way. Excellent reporting. Um, So there are two people in the wrong here. I think that... It's the people that are handling him, his handlers, NIL agent, whoever. And also Florida, or more specifically, the collective. Look, I know people don't like that kids are chasing money, but if somebody offered you a contract with any value but a $13 million contract that every party signed, and then you go to begin your side of the contract, and they decide, nope, we're not holding up our end of the deal. What would you do? Florida's I mean, collective is in the wrong here, not the player. It, and doesn't it feel like litigation should be involved, but it makes you wonder what happened behind the scenes and whether or not it would affect Jaden Rashada's eligibility. Right, and, th- and that's where 
NIL advisors, and he's getting bad advice and all that. But again, if if you were offered a thirteen million dollar contract, you think he's getting bad advice? Oh uh, yeah, how could yeah, that be? It's a, it's a bit of an undersell. But if somebody offered you thirteen million in a contract and you started holding up your end of the contract <laughs> and they ended it, what would you do? Dan in Hattiesburg says, "Well, I thought it wasn't about NIL." <laughs> the biggest lie ever told. What happens when this uh, $13 million quarterback turns out not to be worth the money? It's more likely than not. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. That's how you know it's coming to an end, the work week. Well, Axel F. on a Friday afternoon. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, one last time in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by M-Trade Park in Oxford. Spring season just around the corner. First week of February, that's when the tournaments get started. Baseball, softball, uh, fast pitch, and uh, soccer tournaments all happening. 14 natural grass outfields with synthetic turf infields. Soccer fields that are absolutely pristine. Uh, tournaments, uh, again, start the first week of February and will run all the way through the end of June before they take a little bit of a break during July and then get rolling into the fall as well. If you're involved in helping build out your team or your kids' team schedule for the uh, spring, be sure that you check out M-Trade Park. Full schedule available online at mtradepark.com. If you're going to play, play M-Trade. A couple of news and notes things as we uh, we wrap up with you this afternoon. Mega Millions, estimated jackpot $1.35 billion. Your cash option is $724.6 million after taxes here in the uh, great state of Mississippi. That'd be about, oh, about $420 million or so that you walk out with. Not, a, not, not bad work if you can get it. If you play, good luck. The odds are not exactly in your favor, but hey, can't win if you don't play, right? Hoops tomorrow. Ole Miss and Georgia, noon tip-off at the Pavilion. Ole Miss desperately needing a win, facing the same team that Mississippi State played on Wednesday night on the road. Mississippi State tomorrow night on the road once again. Back-to-back road games for the Bulldogs. They are at Neville Arena in Auburn. Tough place to play. They will take on the Auburn Tigers 7.30 tomorrow night on SEC Network. So you get the early window. You get the late window. You get two NFL playoff games that are happening tomorrow as well. Seahawks at the Niners. That kicks off at 3.30 on Fox. Tomorrow night on NBC, 7.15, Chargers and Jaguars. Uh, Tysheem Johnson. I, I can't remember if we actually mentioned that a second ago. Did or not. Didn't get to, okay. Tysheem Johnson, almost defensive player, defensive back has entered the transfer portal. Possibly more to come. Yeah. It happens when you have staff change. Especially coordinators and, and guys that, it, I mean, they were Partridge guys, a lot of them, on that mm-hmm. defense. And when Partridge is no more, the transfer portal exists. And it's a calculated risk you take when you make changes. Um, in a very different situation, but State's going through a, a coordinator change right now. I don't know if, that's why or why not Griffin is leaving. But when when coordinators change in this era, players are going to leave. Also, it's it's just the reality of the situation. Ole Miss 
might be having to deal with that a little bit here. They sure. are in one case for sure. Well, you generally speaking, you lose some guys and you pick some guys up. Tied to what you have to do. Your new coordinator uh, ends. Uh, pretty much everybody that covers college football is reporting that Pete Golding is going to be announced as the new defensive coordinator at Ole Miss, leaving after five years as the defensive coordinator for Nick Saban at Alabama. Uh, Walker Howard visiting Ole Miss this weekend is expected to visit Oxford and then visit uh, Fort Worth. And it's it's not like the old official visit weekends with high school recruits or they come in on Friday and they're there Friday night and all day Saturday and have breakfast on Sunday and then they hit the road. It's uh, in and out in a hurry. So it is. It's uh, it's business conversation. He's going to come in and uh, I assume dating. they'll they'll watch a lot of film. They'll talk about who else is in the quarterback room. It's an interesting choice for him though because I mean Daniels is in his last year at LSU. And so next year, he would be in a competition for the job at his previous school. But as we know, he was a step behind um, at LSU. At Ole Miss, if Jackson Dart... I mean, it's hard to unseat an incumbent starting quarterback. You have to demonstratively be better and win over the locker room. That's hard to do. It's an interesting thing. So let's pretend for a second that he goes to Ole Miss, doesn't beat out Jackson Dart. What happens if Dart doesn't go to the NFL? After this year. So you might have just put yourself in the same situation that you were in at your previous stop. It's a balancing act for quarterbacks. You want to go somewhere and play, but you don't want to demote yourself if you don't have to. But basically everywhere you go is going to have quarterbacks in the room already. So interesting dynamic here. And and another part of the dynamic is initially Walker Howard was thought to be a shoe-in at TCU, but that was before uh, Garrett Riley was announced as the new offensive coordinator at Clemson. Has changed things, so, seemingly so. So we'll uh, we'll see where all of that shakes out in uh, this world of college football that never ever stops. Crazy, crazy. Big weekend. You fired up at that tri tip, hey Dad? I am. I think I'm gonna turn my phone off the rest of the weekend. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't want to know what any more news is, good, bad, or otherwise. <laughs> I don't. I just. I'm. I'm newsed out at this point. I don't think you're whatever happened to the off season. Yeah, we'll see. Are you seriously considering that, or does that just feel like a fun thing to say? I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do any work. I don't care what what happens the rest of the weekend. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll podcast on Sunday, and if it happens, it just happens. It's the weekend. Whatever happens for the rest of the weekend, we'll keep up with it, and we'll talk with you about it on Monday when we get things started. Just after three o'clock. So you got college hoops, you got NFL playoffs, you got lots of stuff happening. And don't forget about the Sony Open PGA Tour golf in Hawaii. Who could forget that? Okay. I turned your mic off for a second. Thanks for being with us. Have a great weekend. Good night from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Oh, it's incredible! A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.